Hello, welcome to Back to the Point. We are back and we are so excited to be back today. Today is September 13th and it is a momentous day in Sharks history. My name is Migs. I'm one of your hosts and that's Ian over there on the other side. Oh man, dude, this is such an exciting day. We had some elation earlier today. I have to say I was at work <laughs> and I saw you texting me, texting me and I, th I thought it was something about Eric Carlson and I, I was kind of like in disbelief. I like, I had the sense that that was what you were trying to tell me that Eric, Eric Carlson had been traded to the Sharks and I almost like, I, like my mind was blowing and I was like, I can't look at my phone yet. I have to finish this like last half an hour. Oh my gosh, I was getting so giddy. Uh, it's hard to believe. It's it's. I guess I've gotten more used to it now throughout the day, but it's still kind of hard to believe, man. Anyway, dude, I know I just kind of jumped right into it because I'm really excited. But that is what we're going to be I'm talking about today. So Eric Carlson stoked. is now a member of the San Jose Sharks. Ian, how do you feel? Ah! <laughs> oh my! I don't even know how to scream. Gosh. Like my voice cracks too much. I would like to scream, but I don't want to like blow our own ears and our listeners ears but um <laughs> yeah. yeah i was at work too and i'm uh i'm using this new web framework at work i'm a software developer so i've been i've been reading a lot because it's new and so i was just i was just kind of like oh, i don't really know what to do let me just check this documentation i was just reading and all of a sudden my friend uh he's a king's fan he texts me and he's like and i, I play hockey on him he, with him he's on my team and he, he texts me he's like so you guys got carlson like congrats or something and i was like <laughs> immediately it's like what yeah i know what? immediately i go to twitter i'm like oh, it's real oh my gosh did you think he was playing some like sick joke on no he he doesn't do that he wouldn't do that i was just like yeah. oh my gosh because i remember the previous day there was like uh elliot friedman and bob mckenzie and darren dreger they were all like hearing a lot of rumblings on eric carlson uh, expect him to be dealt today or tomorrow somewhere in the Western Conference. And, like, Vegas clearly was linked to him a lot as they were at the trade deadline. And there was, like, oh, yeah, maybe the Sharks are interested. But we're, like, well, we, like, missed on our big fish. Like, I guess we'll just, yeah, kind of. Because, like, they basically almost traded him to the Lightning on the trade deadline or at the beginning of the offseason. And they legitimately had a... Like, all the insiders were reporting that was, like, a done deal and that they just needed the trade call to go through, and then it just, like, never happened. And I yeah, don't I, I don't know why, but I just... Oh, my god! I remember there was one insider that, like, apologized yeah. because he, he, like, spilled the beans too fast. Oh, thank goodness that didn't happen, right? And it just, like... Just the whole Carlson... Not Carlson, Tavares thing just puts you in such a bad mood right it's like it's okay if you don't get the player obviously you want the player but just the manner in which we didn't get the player where it was like san jose's in it and then people and then it just the whole month the whole like two three weeks was just like article after article after article comparing which team was the best fit and then after they figured out which team is the best fit what's the tax situation, blah, blah, blah. All these insiders and, like, writers are writing about Tavares nonstop. And then it builds up this, like, expectation that, like, the Sharks are really in it. And for all intents and purposes, we were in it. And then Tavares, personally, and I think you said the same, like, we don't really like how he handled it. Like, he wrote his Players' Tribune article saying that he already knew that the Sharks were out of it and that it was just between Toronto and 
the Islanders until like the day before. And it was like, okay, you didn't tell anyone until like 10 minutes into like an hour into free yeah, agency. Can, can you please let us know yeah. like, earlier? It's like, we, Thank I'm you. glad we didn't do anything now because we got Carlson. And if we would have made a move, um, yeah, I mean, there were options and clearly it looks like Doug Wilson was looking for a bigger fish to fry than, than what was landed in free agency out of Tavares, but I didn't like how that went down. So not hearing anything yeah, me neither. and having my hopes purposely down and not really paying attention because it's like, well, it's the beginning of the season. Training camp starts today. A, don't really. It was a huge letdown. Yeah. It was a huge letdown and I hated it. And then also it was like, I don't know, that was July and now it's September 13th. So it's just been two months in like the dead of hockey off season and it's just picking up now. Yeah. And it, that that situation, I remember it, what I took the most from that is that it just grew my dislike of the Maple Leafs. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I have to be honest, I, I've been in hockey hibernation mode since the beginning of July, where it's I've had this sentiment of, like, hockey. You know, I've actually been, like, really into my, my like, work and PT stuff. It's been really interesting. But, uh Man, I didn't even know what you just said about the insider saying that he was going to go somewhere in the Western Conference. So I wasn't even yeah. keyed into that. So when you had sent these messages to me earlier today, it just Out of the blue. sent like a new jolt of excitement, you know, for the season. Well, I mean, this is one of the biggest trades. This is the big, biggest trade that I've experienced as as being like an intense Sharks fan. So yeah. it really uh, <laughs> jolted me to be excited for the season. So. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm waking up from my <laughs> my hockey slumber now. Yeah, it's still we're gonna stay a little bit quiet, but I, I I've well not really. I'm getting ex- I got really excited today. Season yeah. starts. Like I'm going next week. I'm going to a yeah. preseason game, and yeah. it won't be the first. Which you one. invited me to. I wish I could come, but I get out of work okay. too it's late. On a Thursday, literally it's September twentieth. Yeah. I definitely want to see Eric Carlson. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, what if he plays? <gasps> Oh, it's probably he probably won't right because that's going to be an early preseason. I'm game. sure he, he might won't not even because be they never do at that point. But maybe he will because he's a major acquisition and they want to get the most coaching experience with him. But then that's a week from now, so expecting them to play then, and then also, apparently there's. Okay, I don't want to jump ahead myself, but yes, resting from hockey is good. Like we are real people with real jobs and we're not paid for this. As much as we like hockey, it's very nice to like not check Twitter once yeah, an hour well, I have every to say day. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's really nice, and you you need that time off, you yeah, know. For real, it's it's healthy, um, especially because when it is healthy. <laughs> Tavares, oh my gosh, the Tavares thing was it was bad. Like, I'm generally like a focused person, but like when all that was going down and all this news was breaking, like every moment those like two days before free agency i was oh, i was like every like 10 minutes i checked my phone it was bad it was yeah. very bad yeah definitely. shout out to ios 12 screen time helping me manage my screen time now <laughs> <laughs> but oh is it out now is it like officially I was, out? yeah they had their apple event on wednesday and they released yeah, iOS that's how they 12. announced new like iphones and also did you see that the apple watch purportedly can do an ekg on your wrist and i was like how is that possible it is yeah it's crazy <laughs> we won't deflect too well, much an ekg you have like electrodes no like no, no it's not an ekg it's an ECG. so uh, it's the same thing okay it, 
you know, I still haven't figured out why I call it an EKG. <laughs> it's the same thing, an electrocardiogram. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I will I'm say. I'm like very skeptical. I, I watched the whole I'm thing. I'm interested to see what technology they're using and how they purport this to work. Anyway, this <laughs> this is not a technology podcast. We're sorry. It's okay. I, I was just curious because you were talking about that screen time app, which would be helpful for controlling time on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I got to check that out, but let's get back to the, the matter at hand here. My last comment, um, the EKG thing yeah. on the Series 4 Apple Watch, the ECG, it's FDA approved, and it is the first direct-to-consumer ECG thing over the counter thing huh, interesting i'm i'm interested to learn more about yeah that. i gotta check that so out. it's really cool yeah. you know like if you can you can take your watch into remote areas and help people i mean if that's reliable and it's yeah. i mean if it's valid i mean that could be a very valuable yeah uh tool it looked really cool uh, and i'm just skeptical now i've yeah. i've taken the role of being skeptical in in the way i i'm carrying out my well i think with tech my own professional endeavors when, which I think is a good place to come from if you're in the health health profession. So yeah, I think that's good. But anyway, when, this is when tech when tech either. jumps into <laughs> other areas, a lot of the big tech companies Although I do am it wrong. interested in starting a physical therapy podcast with another individual. No, only me. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're like I have no comment. <laughs> but uh, yes, so all that happened, and we walk we woke from our hockey hockey hibernation with a, just like a super jolt. And I remember we had a conversation. I was calling you last year, or not last year, it feels like last year, but when we were talking about Tavares, and maybe we were talking the day before we didn't get Tavares or the day we did not get Tavares and we were talking about who else we could get. And I was driving from the parking lodge. I specifically remember where we were going about, and I said, what if we got Carlson? And then we both got like really excited because we're like, what if Burns and Carlson were on the same team? Like, who would you play? What if they're on the same unit together? It was a total dream. Total dream. Like pipe dream, it seemed. And we got, I think it was after we didn't get Tavares because then we got really excited and we're like, wait, we don't want to get our hopes up. But dude. Yeah. Dude. I I had known that, you know, people had said that San Jose was potentially still in the mix, but really I was thinking we're not going to get Carlson for this to actually happen is it's insane. That was the first thing I said to you. That's insane. Like this is nuts. And part of me was like, I don't want Carlson. We're going to have to give up Meyer and LeBanc and like five first round picks. Yeah. Yeah. The only other hockey news we cared about was the other day when the reported sharks leaked Jersey came out and we both think it looks ugly. We were not happy. Let's hope that's not it. Dude, I for sure hope that's not it. And it looked like a Photoshop because a couple parts of the stick that was colored teal was not colored all the way. Is that your own analyzing or did you find that? No, that's me. Else? It's on my phone. See? Okay. Well, well, good eye. Good eye. That's yeah. me. I circled it. I hope, I hope you're correct. Dude, I hope that. I'm correct. That just looks I really like want a gray jersey. the most lifeless, boring, I designed it in 15 seconds, intern project jersey. Yeah. I'd so rather have our uh, originals, our pr- prior alternate jersey. Than oh that. yeah, seriously. Like redo that, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but they'll probably reveal it at FanFest, which I realize is September twenty third, and not this weekend. Oh, okay. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, they're gonna reveal Carlson in a jersey for the first time, and it's gonna be it's gonna be the alternate jersey or something like that. <laughs> they probably will do something like that. Yeah. As much PR as you can get. 
Yeah, but I, uh, I, I listened to a lot of interviews and stuff today, and um, one question that came up was, obviously, we have Burns on defense, so we want another big name on offense, especially a center, to replace Thornton as he ages out. Um, and I think you and I are the same page where we think he's – we still think he's got a little bit to give. Just because he's 39 doesn't mean he's done. Yeah. Um, so we – obviously, Tavares was a center. So I think us as Sharks fans, we were just like, well, if we went after Tavares, we would go after someone similar. Um, like a forward at least and then likely a center. And then we ended up not doing that. And Doug Wilson, I think – Either Doug Wilson or Peter Bohr specifically mentioned this, or I could be misremembering, but they were talking about, um, like, why go after a defenseman if you already have burns? Like, then you're just overloading. And they were of the mind that, like, these players never become available. Like, players of his elite caliber, like, best at his position, easily top two, top three. Who else is better? Maybe burns, maybe... Dowdy. Like, yeah. people will well, say PK's... Head, Headman, Carlson, Dowdy, Burns. Yeah, but Headman hasn't won a Subban. Norris. Probably top five guys. Headman is good, but he's not there. You know, he hasn't won a Norris yet. He hasn't put up 82 points Hedman as a Headman just won the Norris trophy. What? <laughs> Don't delegitimize your opinion right now. Head, Headman just won the Norris trophy. Oh, he trophy. won it this season? I thought, I thought yeah. someone earlier today... <laughs> Incorrectly said. You just said he never won it. Well, no, Kevin Kurz said that Dowdy won it this past season. And no, Hedman won it. Okay, yeah, I thought that was right. They said that on TV, and I was like, okay. Listeners, Ian, Ian, generally knows. He's <laughs> Hashtag about. fake news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did just, you did just almost spread fake. News. I did almost fake news. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh, I think Hedman's coming into his own. But yeah, okay. So you could add Hedman into the mix. P.K. Subban into the mix, but there's definitely Carlson is higher in the top three, top five than they are. No, he's won the Norris twice. Yeah, so. seriously. And he's a beast, so. Yeah, I was just looking over the points he's scored. He's, last season in the tire fire that was Ottawa, he scored 62 points and led the team in scoring. Season before that, 71 points. The season before that, 82 points the season before that 66 and then before that 74 this this player is basically like a 70 point defenseman yeah that is insane burns had la- not last season the season before had 76 and then 75 the season before that and burns seems to score more goals because he was close to 30 both times and Carlson mm. puts up like 55 plus a six, 60 assists. Um, so there definitely seems to be a difference in the play there. Um, but it's so crazy that we just like got Carlson. Yeah. I'm like, how do we talk about this? I can't really think it's about it. It's pretty surreal as far as I know. <laughs> sharks happenings, right? Dude, I know. This is This is the biggest most franchise-altering move since Thornton. Yeah. And before Thornton, there was nothing else really like this. Which over was over a decade. Like, something like this hasn't happened in over a decade. Yeah, it's been 13 years. Which is just insane. So, so what, do you, what do you think about uh, what we gave up? You mentioned this earlier a little bit yeah. with... You alluded to this earlier, but what are your thoughts on what we gave up? Um, let me bring up exactly what we gave up. 
because we're probably going to talk about this in a little bit of detail and I don't want to fake news everyone. So um, we got, not only did we get Eric Carlson, but we got this person, Francis Perron, who played with Timo Meyer in the Rouen, I can't pronounce the name, I'm not going to try. And the QMJ some QMJ with the Huskies went after Timo Meyer got traded from Halifax. Um, who and I looked at him and he's he scored like twelve points in the AHL, so he's not going anywhere. Um, I I think just given the amount of picks and players that they got, Ottawa probably needed to give a contract back the other way, so they were under, so they didn't have too many contracts on the books. But we gave up Josh Norris, who was the first round pick two years ago. Forward Rudolph Spalsers, Chris Tierney, and Dylan DeMello. So those are the players involved. Um, two roster players and Tierney and DeMello, and then two prospects and Balsers and Norris. And then there was two picks and then two conditional picks. The first pick was a first round, San Jose's first round pick in 2019 or 2020 which is not lottery protected. If the Sharks miss the playoffs in 2018-2019, so this season, it will be a 2019 selection. Otherwise, it will be 2020. Okay. So if we do not make the playoffs this year, that means it's going to be a high pick and then or higher for us than normal, and then Senator and the Senators get that higher pick. Otherwise, it's a 2020 first-round pick, which means if we make the playoffs, it'll be a 2020 first-round pick like around the 20 range. So that's where we've been drafting for a while, and you can't really get those game-breaking talents there outside of what we did this past season with Merkley, but he isn't... There was a lot of knocks against him. Um, Mm -hmm. The next one is a second-run choice in the 2019 draft, which will be the higher of the Sharks' current draft pick that they own or the Florida Panthers that we got from flipping Mike Hoffman. (laughs) after we fleeced Florida or fleeced Ottawa the first time and dumped vodka on him. Um, Which is just like so funny that we actively abused Ottawa twice and we'll get to it later, but Ottawa included a clause this time around, like kind of recognizing that they got screwed over by us last time, but then they still dealt with us, which is just so funny. And this was like four months from each other. It was hilarious. So those are the for sure picks. And then there are two more conditional picks. If the Sharks sign Carlson to a contract extension of any kind, uh, we get Ottawa gets San Jose's first round pick in 2021, which would oh, it get their second round selection in 2021, which would become the first round pick which is not lottery protective if we reach the Stanley Cup final this playoffs, this coming playoffs. And then the clause that I was referencing about the we recognize that you totally fleeced us last time, don't do it again or else clause, is if Carlson is on an Eastern Conference roster during the 2018-2019 season, the Senators will receive an additional first-round pick from the Sharks no later than 2022. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, that's, so funny. that's like a bullet point list from some insider. I think it was Elliot Friedman or maybe Bob. McKenzie or something like that but we will we've given up a first round we've given up a second round and um 
we assume will make the playoffs. So yeah. that first round that we for sure will give likely will be a 2020 first round pick. Mm-hmm. And we are assuming that we're going to sign Carlson to a contract extension because repeatedly every interview possible, whenever we get a player or whatever, Doug Wilson always says that we'll make a trade for a difference maker, blah, 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 difference maker, difference maker. Um, and that they, he only will make the move if he has high confidence that he'll be able to re-sign them. So Doug Wilson executed this trade, so I'm going to trust that he's going to get him to re-sign at some point. Yeah, he's going to make it work with our cap situation. It's yeah. just the only... He's going to make it work in that sense. I think the unknown is just, is Carlson going to want to stay? And you hope you've created a culture and an environment where... You're gonna want. You're gonna have players that are gonna want to stay, right? So yeah, and we saw that. We're conf- We're hopeful with that, right? Yeah, so. I mean, we saw Kane just do that, and after Kane's um, post trade deadline to end of the season performance, I'm sure he could have picked that pretty much anywhere he wanted to go in the free agency if he wanted to, um, and he stayed. And there was an interview briefly about why Kane stayed, and he said that he thinks Carlson should stay because of blah blah blah. So, so we will make the playoffs. So it's going to be a 2021, 2020 first round pick. And since we're likely, we assume going to sign Carlson to a contract extension, we Ottawa will get our second round pick in 2021. It becomes a first round pick, which is not lottery protected. If we reach the Stanley cup final this season, which personally I'm okay with. If we right. reach the final, good for us. And if that means at the cost of a first-round pick because Carlson got us there, okay. So, at minimum, we're losing a first-rounder and two second-rounders. And then that second clause, if the Carlson is traded to Eastern Conference team during the season, we get a first-round pick. Like, Doug Wilson's not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. I don't really worry about that. So, basically, it's either two first-round picks in a second round pick or one first round pick and two second round picks. So yeah, I'll let you go first. Cause we, we talked about this for a little bit about what we gave up in terms of picks and prospects. Now that we know the details. So you want me to go over our, the roster players that we gave up? Yeah. And just what you think about them. Share my, share my uh, two cents. Yeah. So I think, uh, I know we were talking about this earlier about the value of what we gave up. And in my opinion, I think it is – I'm just going to say overall I think the trade is worth it, and I think it's an A trade because you brought in freaking Eric Carlson yeah. to, your, to your roster. Uh, I think the value of what was given to the Senators is dependent on the context and the, the situation of whatever team was ha- had him you know, and was giving him away, and he was part of – oh, I'm sorry. Could you hear me? So he was part of the Ottawa organization, which has often be often referred to as a tire fire or a dumpster fire, right? So that's not a good situation, and they're definitely looking to rebuild moving forward. So what's valuable to them, uh, it may be a little bit different to what's valuable to another team. You know, so in another situation, and this is just hypothetical, you would be looking for more of a quote-unquote hockey trade where 
they would trade him and get another high-value player in return. That's not what they got. They got a handful of roster players or potential roster players and a couple of roster players, and they got picks. So what I think in terms of what we gave them in Tierney and DeMello, I think they got a solid center who has potential to be, yeah, I'll say it like a second-line center. They got a solid four, five, six D-man. Um, and then in terms of prospects that are potentially ready to play in the next two to three years, you got Rudolph Spalsers, which was one of our best, if not our best forward in the last year uh, for the Barracuda. And so that's, that's a good place to build from. And then they got Josh Norris, which is more of a question mark, I think, but people like him for his athleticism and what he was able to show at the Combine. But it was a bit of a head scratcher of why the Sharks picked him. Um, I guess they had high hopes because of that. So from my perspective, what Ottawa got back for their own situation and, and building a base to, to work from in a rebuild was valuable to them. In terms of what we gave up as, as our organization, I think it's very palatable. I think there's sadness involved because a lot of people like Tierney. I definitely like Tierney. I thought he was really... A fun player to watch and I think he grew a lot and has still has room to grow and DeMello you know was a was a solid player I think DeMello was definitely more easier easier to swallow than Tierney mm -hmm. in terms of the prospects it's like uh, you would hope to keep prospects but from the perspective of you don't want to miss this opportunity when it comes along is totally worth it so I think our disagreement and I'll let you jump in here is because you're very, you seem to express that you're very happy that we didn't give up a certain selection of other players that you were almost for sure expecting us to lose if a trade like this was going to happen. And while I understand that sentiment, that's great. We didn't lose those players, and I think that is valuable. I think the value of Tierney, well, the value of Tierney at least, and the prospects we gave up is maybe a little bit more valuable than you were originally saying. So... I'm going to let you jump in with what you what you have expressed of who we didn't lose, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so I think we're both in agreement. Well, clearly, there was that really awkward video that uh, Senators put out the other day about their, like, depth defenseman, Borowicki or Borowicki, interviewing the owner, and the owner was wearing, like, an old Reebok jersey instead of an Adidas jersey. And they had a weird interview, and they and they basically announced that they're rebuilding, was the the purpose okay. of the the thing. But it was just a really weird thing. That was like three four days ago. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so they're rebuilding, so they're going to get picks and prospects. They don't necessarily care about roster players unless they're young and have an upside. Right. So if you look at Eric Carlson, anytime he's going to be moved, you would expect. Um like to get the best return you possibly can right the biggest trade we had recently i think would probably be the duchene deal although that's not really directly comparable because it was like a three-way three-team deal so it was a little odd but um i think duchene also had two years on his contract when he was traded he had all of yeah. this past season and then he has all of this coming season as well um so they got more term as well. So the first knock against this trade is that there's only one year left um, on his $6.5 million AAV deal. Um, 
So at the end of the season, if we don't resign him, he's gone, and we've lost a lot, and then um, we maybe get a, we give up a different pick. But um, so you're gonna give away picks and prospects, and that's fine. But it if you're gonna give away maybe a generational talent, you would say for him, maybe not quite that high of uh, praise, but top mm-hmm. three defensemen in the league top four top five and has been for the past like six seven years and he's only 28 he was one of the top defensemen in the in the league when he was like i don't know super young 24 yeah four years ago like two three years ago he scored 82 points when he was 26 so like Mm -hmm. he's very good um Mm -hmm. So you would expect to get a really, really, really good return. And since you're rebuilding, that return wouldn't be a really, really, really good roster player. It would be, like, the best NHL prospect that you could achieve. Um, But then that price would be lowered a little bit because you're only trading for someone who could potentially be here for one year. And then on top of that, there was that whole Mike Hoffman saga with the Carlsons that basically both of them were going to leave. We flipped Mike Hoffman to Florida. We got some picks, dumped Bodker. And um, at that point, basically, it was very clear at the trade deadline that Carlson wanted to go um, and or was, gonna, was going to leave. And I think once you know that the player is going to leave, the price drops. Like you saw with Evander Kane, the price dropped with Danny Arregan. Like we gave up Danny Regan and some picks. I think, and that was basically it when he's more or less a 30-goal scorer and he's 26-27. Like, that should be much more expensive than it was. But there were issues, and we got him for cheaper. Same thing here is clearly that you wanted to trade, and there was rumors of trades for ever since March, February, when the trade deadline was. So that lowers his price, too. So I think we need to, like, meet, kind of, like, hold back our expectations. But personally, I think it's crazy that the Senators did not get Merkley or did not get Chemileski or did not get Meyer or did not get LeBanc outside of who else they got. Why Mm. would you choose Josh Norris over Merkley? Why would you choose Josh Norris over LeBanc or, or Meyer who have made the NHL are still super young, have very high upside and can play in your roster right now. Maybe you want to have like a stage rebuild where you go down the road, but basically you want to get the best prospects in the NHL that you can, but obviously owners were lo- or GMs were lowballing him because if this is the best offer they got, um, that's pretty bad offers that they were getting. But even then, we kept Merkley, we kept Meyer, we kept LeBanc, and according to The Athletic, those... Our beggar, our bitter. Merkley is our number one prospect. Chemileski is our number two prospect. Norris is number three. Rudolph Balsers is number four. And that's not counting LeBanc and Meyer, who are already on the roster and have played, who are under 23 and have played like 20 games or something, so that he doesn't call them a prospect anymore. Yeah, so so what we gave up, you're saying, is, is not our ultimate prospects. We, we gave, like. We gave good prospects yeah but not our greatest yeah and even then like if you just consider the league as a whole 
their like um Corey Prodman in his article when he ranked our prospect system, he ranked Chemilevsky, Norris, and Balsers as legit NHL prospect, aka that they have projects to play, probably not in a top role, but is close enough that they could realistically get there. And they had Merkley as a very good prospect, top line forward, top line power play one defenseman. So you just look at that and you think, why didn't you get our best players? From the Sharks' point of view, it's great. We really only lost our third line center and our sixth defenseman, which are both replaceable. And I think you would argue that it hurts us and that they're better than what I'm leading them to be because my, my opinion is that they should have gotten much more than they did and they didn't get as good of prospects as they should have from us, let alone the league. Because mm-hmm. our prospects, considered to the league, is in the bottom half of the league of what we have in our pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think you laid it out a bit better for me to understand that, like, we could have given more and we could have hurt more in terms of the prospects that we did give up. And like I said, I've been in hockey hibernation, so <laughs> that that's that's good. That's good to know. I mean, um, you make a great point that we didn't give up um, – <laughs> for lack of a better term our ultimates our ultimate yeah. prospects you know so that's cool and i guess you could say you know how come ottawa didn't get this but i i just want to this is obvious but i would just remind remind you that it is a negotiation mm-hmm. and doug wilson is a wheeler and dealer <laughs> yeah i agree and you know he's 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 gonna he's gonna try and lighten the burden or he's gonna try and lighten what we give as much as possible while still making it feasible to make it acceptable to the other party. And I guess I was what I was explaining before you were speaking just now is that, you know, what the what Ottawa got was was some um cargo that could help establish a base for a rebuild. And like I said earlier to you, it's not the be all and end all, like this is what they need totally they they definitely need to do other things moving forward but it's a nice place to start and yeah they they probably could have gotten more from us um but i'm glad that doug wilson was able to make it go the way that it did where we didn't have to give up our our ultimates in terms of prospects um to balance it out again they still got good draft picks from us they still got Two pro, two solid prospects and and two good roster players, but overall, from our perspective, that is very palatable. It's very easy to be like, while well, we have Eric Carlson and we still have Ryan Merkley, Kevin LeBanc, Timo Meyer, Chumblevsky, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, whoever you want to say that you're happy, we still have. So. Yeah, I think the more I go over it, I think this they. I think instead of getting also those players that I named, like a Meyer, for instance, um, they they it would have been Meyer instead of Norris or Meyer instead of Balsers or something like that. They wouldn't have also got like a fifth player, but they also like I think the devil is in the details of <laughs> like here's all of yeah. It's not they're gonna get seven prospects from us, but the devil is in the details is that. <laughs> yeah. The conditions on the on these picks are actually kind of hard to swallow. Like we will likely miss. I'll have to go through them again, but we're gonna for sure be out one first round pick, and it seems like it's very plausible that we might be out two. So yeah. like that's that's hard to swallow. 
Um, and we already lost the first round pick in the Kane. Yeah, because he Kane resigned, deal, right? Because he resigned. Yeah. So. So we're hoping to continue our pursuit of success for the next. Yeah. Five. Six, and seven, we eight, we just nine, replenished ten. our whole pipeline system over the past like two, three, four years, and now we have a lot of younger players in the pipelines and on our roster already. Um, so I think we're at the point where again we can kind of really focus on getting to the cup final and sacrificing some high round picks because we have Meyer, we have LeBanc, we have um, Suomela, Carlson, Eric Carlson now who's younger and then also Evander Kane who are on the younger side of their careers or in their prime and signed for a while and should be good for a long time. But I think when you think about the Eric Carlson trade, yeah, so they just got four roster players who are not bad, right? Tierney, we'll never know mm-hmm. if he was able to be a second-pairing defenseman, whether a good one or a second-pairing center, if he, was, if he would be a good one or a bad one, because he was never going to play in front of Couture or Thornton, right? He was only ever going to be as high as a third, third center. And same with DeMello. Well, I mean... That depends on, on what your take is and where Thornton's going to be in a year or two. It didn't seem like he anyway, was going to get that's, that. That's just me playing devil's advocate. Yeah, so on, on Ottawa, it, it definitely there's way more room for him to play. Uh, it's, he, if he really can achieve that within himself, like he has the opportunity to do that. And same with DeMello. Maybe DeMello turns into a top four defenseman instead of a bottom, bottom six defenseman, you know? There's a lot to yeah. go. Well, yeah, that's a silver lining for those players. Yeah, right? for sure. And then they got Norris, and then they got Balsers, who middle six to top nine, maybe top six players. Like, good forwards you can use to help augment your team. So they got a lot of base. No one really breaks the bank for them. But now they have Matt Duchesne, and they have Mark Stone, and they have a couple of their players, and they'll probably make more trades, right? If they're truly rebuilding, they'll give up some of their bigger prospect or players and now they can focus on really getting that bankable blue chip prospect like you can do a deal where you trade Duchesne for someone's best prospect forward and then maybe like a fourth round pick you know like now you can just focus on really getting that one player instead of a bundle because now you have a base of players who are kind of good but not great but then also you don't want to be too good too fast right Mm -hmm. you want them to uh they're going to be bad and they're going to be getting high round picks for a while so you can't crowd everyone out as well so so i'm trying to justify how we didn't seriously fleece ottawa and i i can kind of see why they did it but it just seems like couldn't you have gotten a better deal from someone else you know like it was six months of this and that's what you got like Okay. And who knows what, yeah. and maybe we'll, we'll get a, a glimpse later on, but who knows what Tampa was offering? Who knows yeah. what Vegas was offering? Um, yeah, so, dude, I don't care. We got him, and we didn't really Vegas impact like, our roster that much. He, he, here's Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. <laughs> and Nate Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. I didn't take drugs. Uh, you did. Oh, here's his performance-enhancing drugs, too. Oh, also, can we talk about that? Yeah, let's get your more informed opinion than mine. So I haven't, like, been following this very much, obviously, because, like I said, I haven't been following Twitter or hockey stuff that much this summer. 
but my understanding is that people are making the argument that I bet this is some argumentative fallacy that people are saying like I wish the NHL would care more about domestic violence than trace of whatever in the drug system it's like okay yes they should and they should condemn that and they should but that doesn't mean that that's also not important because when people take performance dancing drugs it ruins the integrity of what that sport is and people seem to be hung up on the fact that he had a small trace of whatever drug it was in his system it's like you know how drugs work you know over time the the body processes that and that substance is is broken down by by the body system so he he may have taken a larger dose and it ended up being when he took the blood test there wasn't that much left but because it was his system it showed that he took whatever that substance was and i honestly don't know what it was but it just seems silly to me like he clearly took some banned substance and should be penalized for it regardless of what you think about how the nhl handles other things yes let it get it right in this and yes you can still say that the nhl needs to correct its policies and be more aware and condemn certain other things certainly but yeah suspended for 20 games it just seems like the stupidest thing to like the nhl cannot speak about it other than the statement that they gave they can't say they can't release information about the testing only he can so have you watched the tour de france or followed it every single time they catch a doper they're always like this isn't me like i didn't dope like i didn't know i was doing it and every single time they do it lance armstrong ruined people's lives and he categorically (laughs) denied doping for years and years and years and years and then was blown out of the water and uh-huh. is out of the spotlight and a lot of out of a lot of stuff because of how he ruined his lives because they have a vested interest in not being caught like he didn't release what the what the yeah. thing is right what the substance was and like you're saying yeah okay we're gonna like eat five grams of something and then if you test me five months later it's probably not gonna be my blood system but if you tested me three weeks later you might only find one gram you know it's just like okay you're like, oh, well, you know, everyone's yeah. just saying, well, he could have had, like, tainted meat because he said he didn't do it. It's like, well, Lance Armstrong said he didn't do it. Fabio Cancellara said he didn't do it. Like, all these people said they didn't do it, but turns out they did mm-hmm. it. You know? Like, what was in his system? Oh, like, HGH yeah. blood doping? Oh, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's harder to justify than, like... That must have been <laughs> Yeah, than, water. like, some tainted meat. It's like, uh, there was... There was uh, LSD and cocaine in my system, but I got it from meat. It's like, no. Like, clearly that's not the <laughs> drug that was found. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like, what, what it was that they found. It's very so selective information know, I guess, to try to garner his public image. I highly doubt yeah, that just, he was sabotaged. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's kind of what's been happening, but... Um, Anyway. I am thrilled that the Sharks did not have to give up Timo because I saw the trade and was like, oh my gosh, started freaking out. I was so excited. And then I was like, at what cost? I love Timo so much. You love Timo so much. And I would not have been able to handle it. And then uh-huh. I looked at what we gave up and I was ready to hear some names I was not expecting to see. Like, I did not want to see a hurdle. I did not want to see a Timo. And I thought I would see them. 
And then it's like Tierney. It's like, that's very sad. I like Cobra, but okay. DeMello, my favorite player on the Sharks personality-wise, but I can live with that. And then people who haven't even made the roster yet, like, give me more of that, you know? Like, all we have to do is replace the six-line, <laughs> six-defenseman, which is very easy because we already have people that are capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And now we have to replace the third-line center, and there was already a logjam in the bottom six because there's a lot of people with a lot of opportunities to do it. So, and there's... Yeah. I was listening to the Dudes on Hockey podcast, and they were saying that Mark Letestu and Antoine Romet are still free agent centers who we could sign to, like, very little money just to kind of what we did with uh, the Knicks balling. Like, hey, we need to go farther this year. We don't have time to let the fourth-line center, third-line center role spoil and rot and learn it. Like, we need to get someone there trustworthy and give the young players opportunities and time to learn it well in the meantime without failing, um, which is what mm. we did with Eric Fair the pre- last year or something like that. So, yeah, like, we can yeah. still get another player and fill in that hole, but it seems like Anti Suamela, who just came to the States on his Instagram story I saw, uh... And he's joining the team, and he led the Finnish league in scoring as a third-line player. So maybe he starts out in the third line as a winger to get used to the game. Maybe he doesn't make the roster right away, but if you were the leading scorer in the Finnish league, the real Finnish league, not like the junior 20, under 20 league. Yeah, he's probably going to get a chance just like uh, Donskoy yeah. did when Donskoy had a Unless he bombs training camp, story, I, right? I have to imagine he's somewhere on the roster. I don't think he's going to start the season with the AHL. Yeah. How it affects our roster. So let's talk about our excitement for what's to come. Let's, let's just, just bask glory. in... I guess oh two gosh. topics. How great our defense is now. And number two, how great our power play will be. Um, So I I was mentioning this to you earlier, and I just want to lay this out for you. Okay, so our defense core consists of Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mark Mark Outer Vlasic. Let's stop there. Half of your defensemen are, like, top 10 defensemen in the league. And really, mm-hmm. I could say top five in a certain manner because Vlasic is arguably oh, number one defensive was... de- defenseman in the league, right? So depending on the, what frame of reference you're talking Peter about, DeBoer, you could put him in top in five. In his little in interview today, manner, right? he was the one who said Dowdy won. So yeah. that's why I got it wrong. He said Dowdy, he was saying the same thing that you were saying, talking about our thing, and he says he thinks that Vlasic should have won it yeah. last year. And I was like, yeah. And then he said, oh, oh but who wow. won it last year? Dowdy. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, way to but support yeah, your like players, But yeah, basically right? three Norris players. So let me, let me continue on this rant because it's it. really exciting me just to talk about this. So, oh, my gosh. So just those three players. And then let me get to Justin Braun, who's your number four guy. Now, Justin Braun is probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. And in terms of American defensive players, he's probably one of the best uh, American defensive defensemen. And, yeah, he plays with Vlasic. They're a great tandem, right? So that in itself is awesome, right? Now you have two other guys, Dylan, uh, Brendan Dillon, really happy totally. with the player that he's become since we got him. Or his first year or two on the Sharks, you know, I wasn't thrilled, but now I'm really happy that we have Brendan Dillon as a fifth, sixth guy. I think he's a great, a great guy to fill that role. 
and um, who else? now oh, Dylan DeMello's gone. Who else? So now we have uh, Joachim Ryan as well. Uh, and that's um, my baby is invading oh me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so cute. Joachim Ryan. Um, she reaches so, for so things. Cute how she like grabbed your shoulder. She's like father. Uh, anyway, Yo Kim Ryan. Everybody's really happy with the kind of player that he was as uh, Brent Burns' defensive partner. So, you know, if you, you you mentioned two teams in competition of the Sharks, and I shut you down earlier today, because Tampa Bay, yeah, Victor Hedman. Who else did you say? Uh, I mentioned Sir, him, but Sir, he's still young. No. I said McDonough. Yeah. Still young, right? And then uh, McDonough. I, I would argue that braun might be better i know to be honest i don't know a lot about eastern conference defensemen but maybe you can make an argument that justin braun is better defensively than ryan mcdonough so yeah and then and then nashville everybody loves to praise nashville's defensemen rightly so they have a great defense right but what'd you see who'd you say ryan ellis roman yossi matthias eckholm and pk suban of course right and maybe they have some other guys because I lack awareness of their team. Forgive me. Um, but still, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, <laughs> Vlasic, like that in itself, like you've already won, I feel like. And then bro- you add Braun to that, you like for sure win. Um, and now, and then your fifth and sixth are... Dylan. Yeah, I I, I don't know how, yeah, we, I don't know I, how uh, you lose that argument to anybody. And I'm, I'd be happy to I discuss talking, it otherwise. But, uh, talking. I was yeah. reading, and Kevin Kurz in his article about this today, he said that they're arguably the best defensive core, and I agree. And then someone on Twitter was like, still think Nashville is better. San Jose isn't even close. And I was like, you're stupid. Like, <laughs> like you're just wrong. If you don't think you're close, <laughs> If you don't think we're close stupid. because we have the three Norris trophies on our yeah. roster right now, like, you are in Yeah, and they're like, you're... Oh gosh. Yeah, and then someone Sorry, in the I'm comments was like, so, every like, single Nashville player opinion. was like, the Sharks equivalent is better, except for they were like, Ellis is better than like Dylan or something like that. It's like, yeah. But it, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, I think okay. the <laughs> Nashville doesn't have the top end defensive talent that we have, um, but they, they're like, low end is of a higher yeah. talent. So they have like, they don't really have a drop off, and it's a little bit more linear. But our bottom six... Well, I, hold on. I mean, Yossi and Subban are yeah. t- elite, right? You can say that they're mm-hmm. potentially both but, top ten, right? But do they have that third guy that Vlasic is? I, I don't know. Maybe, He's I, not maybe as good as Vlasic is Ellis, at his position. Right? Ellis maybe. is good, but he is not as good at being an offensive He's not as good as being the defense movement he is as Vlasic is as he is, right? And the high-end mm. eliteness that we have on ours, like Burns and Carlson are number one and two or number two and one, depending on the ordering, of points by defensemen since 2014-2015 by like 50 points, 40 points or something like that. They're in like the 270 range or something like that. And the other, and Yossi is third or something like that with like 218. So uh, we're good, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, cool. Like you guys have a good core and who knows, maybe we're wrong, but if we're wrong, we're wrong by like a smidge, not like categorically Nashville has a better team. It's like, no, you're done. You're done. 
Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll admit to that. Like, I'm really excited mm-hmm. right now, so and I'm definitely biased. But I have uh, I have a hard time seeing how you would lose that argument. Um, at least yeah, losing it totally. hands down, you know. Well, definitely, you definitely wouldn't lose it hands down. I'm just saying. I think the argument that we have the best D in yeah. the league right and now. We is already even had against. one of the best D in the league, and now it's like arguably the best. Oh, absolutely. It was like top five, top six, something like that. And now it's top two. Yeah. Definitely, personally, we think top one. And and I guess what the the second point oh I was gosh. trying to say of what it does for our power play um, and how it, and just how our D can feed our offense is mm-hmm. is maybe second to none as well. Dude, so let's start talking about the roster. Can you just, yeah. po- can you just postulate on what our power play okay dude let's talk about the let's talk about the power play because this is probably obviously they're both going to play in the power play right so burns is a talented shooter yes and a talented passer but his talent lies mostly in his shooting carlson from his stats it's mostly assists with like 10 to sometimes he hit 20 goals once and he basically is a, an elite passer, and there was a tweet that I liked or retweeted today of, like, the hundreds I did because I was so excited um, by the point. And basically, Carlson was, like, first in the NHL and, like, attempted breakthrough passes per game, um, like, forward, like, rushes attempted, and just, like, basically breakout stats. He was best in the NHL. Um, yeah. And... So you imagine that he would quarterback your power play, right? An interesting note, he plays, he, mm-hmm. he's a right shot. And Burns is a right shot. So I'll get into that later, but that makes me think they'll play on different lines. Um, so, okay, so you got a power play quarterback in Carlson, but then you've also got Thornton. And you've also got Pavelski. Mm-hmm. And you've also got Evander Kane. And you've also yeah. got... Logan Couture, and yeah. you've also got Tima Meyer, and you've also got <laughs> Tomas Hurdle. Like, oh my gosh. So Burns is a right oh, shot. Man. So Burns is a right shot. <laughs> That's so crazy. And if you're a right-handed defenseman, he's obviously going to quarterback from the right point to the middle. And then Burns has the ability to sit on the left circle as a shooter now. And also, he can interchange with Carlson on the point and they can swap positions, which is now, which they've done before, which is a dangerous move because you're making the defenseman, uh, the penalty kill players defending you adjust their structure. But now it's not just like, Oh, burn switching with like Couture who is, you know, good, but not quite anywhere near as deadly as Carlson. And then if you're right-handed, if you're a right-handed shooter, or a right shooting player, it's most natural to pass to your left side, right? So Carlson is going to be on the right Mm -hmm. point to the middle. And then Burns, as a right shot defenseman, has the best setup for a one-timer on the left side because your right, your, your toe and the blade of your stick is on the right side and that's closer to the middle of the of the ice and better shot and angle. And as a one-timer comes in, it doesn't have to cross your body. So it's a natural fit for a right shot on the left side, one-timing situation, and um, a feed from the right side, right point or right middle. 
So if you have Carlson at the point, right point, or just the middle of the ice, and you have Burns on the right side, you also, who A, can put the puck in the net anywhere. Great slap shot, amazing restaurant, can get it off mm -hmm. in zero time and space, and is extremely accurate. And then you have Thornton, who's going to sit at the left of the right dots, and he's going to power play quarterback, and he also shoots right, I believe. I'm going to double check that. He shoots left. Okay. But no, he, he also, he stood left. there on the power play yeah. for years and years and years because he likes to be a little bit more out of the play and dish the puck. So if he's shooting left, he's going to rotate to be more open. So his right shoulder is basically going to be at the goal line and his left shoulder is going to be towards the top of the point. So not only do you have your one-timers being fed Feeding from Carlson. the point and the right side from Carlson, <laughs> yeah. now you have it being fed a cross-eyes pass from Thornton, who is the best in the league in doing that. And now put Timo Meyer yeah. or Tomas Hurdle in front of the net blocking, and that's where – and being cleanup crews, which is where they both crews, scored their most goals. Awesome and yeah. Tomas Hurdle is extremely good at doing that. Yeah. And then you put Pavelski doing high slot tips – Floating in the middle? Oh my gosh. Dude, Carlson and Pavelski. Dude, so good. Dude, <laughs> just syncing up. Exactly. With, like, and the thing is, is Carlson and Burns yeah, both play crazy minutes a night. They have the fitness and the ability to play both power plays. Burns was doing it for the most of the season, playing on power play one and playing mm -hmm. at least all the way through power play two or halfway through. So you obviously don't want to split your talent up too good so that both power play units are extremely good. You want to have your best chance to score, not like have the most time to score. You want to increase your chances for however short. Does that make sense? Like you want to stack as much as possible instead of trying to get like even lines because you're not playing a lot of minutes. Like if you if the penalty kill dumps the puck mm -hmm. twice, that's like 30, 40 seconds gone off the clock, and then your first power play unit's done. So you want to make sure you have your best yeah. chances to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just... And then now you have Burns and Carlson having the ability to stay on for both power play units, or mm -hmm. at least split them up if ones get tired. Mm -hmm. Just, like, insane. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a perpetual... Yeah. And, and force and, that's always on the ice. What about three on three overtime? You yeah. have Burns and Carlson. Oh my gosh. So yeah. not only do you have oh, Burns who likes that. to play power forward yeah. in the three on three overtime situations, now you have Carlson who's going to make incredible passes to Burns so that you can do that. And now Carlson can stay a little yeah. bit more back and guard Burns who's a little bit more prone to giving up those breakaways on three on three overtime. And then add someone like Thornton or Pavelski, or some other extremely high skill forward that we have, like Couture on three-on-three. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, it's going to it be exciting. It is crazy. Dude, this is why I'm so excited for that this Immediately, <laughs> I do not know of a better power play unit uh, on paper than our team. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. But, again, I mean, I if you, we were already on paper one of the best in the league. <laughs> Execution, we weren't doing it. So if you go by the numbers, mm -hmm. then, yeah, we, we had uh, 16th ranked power play or something like that. So we could have done better. But on paper, you look who's there, and you say that's top 15, top 10 power play in the league. Now you add Carlson. Dude, insane. I just can't get over it. 
I just I st- I know, dude. You start looking at the roster, so and then right I now. can't remember it's... if I finished my thought, but like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that we already had good defense, and the difference maker we acquired was on D. If you have the the chance to acquire someone this good, you do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter <laughs> what question marks or deficits are necessarily in our forward core because a they're not that serious right now because we could have started mm-hmm. the season as it was and been competitive and number two what the benefits of adding eric carlson to our defensive core and what he can do to drive offense whether on the power mm-hmm. play and even five on five to be honest that's Dude, gonna so do crazy how do you for, guard for our production so, i think right i want to talk about rosters now what do you have to say about that yeah defensive first well, I, I guess I'll say in terms of the D pairings, because uh, this is going to be something that comes up. Do you put Burns and Carlson together, or do you split them up? In my opinion, I think it's it makes sense to start with them on separate pairings to begin with. Um, and then you have you keep, for me, I think starting off with keeping Vlasic and Braun as their own pair. That's your shutdown pair for facing the other team's elite offensive or elite forwards and then you have burns floating with i I guess he's going to be with ryan and then you have carlson that could play with dylan maybe but you know though like you mentioned earlier those two players play so many minutes of night respectively right that you might have some hybridization of the lines where you know it already happens where burns will play with multiple people at times but that's going to just be compounded because you might have you know dylan being with Burns sometimes and Ryan being with Carlson and and even Vlasic and Braun interchanging in there as well so I think it's going to be and you know I'm not an expert about this on on like time on ice and how that manages but I think that you're still going to have Burns and Carlson both try and be on the ice oftentimes and maybe they'll be on there together a little bit besides the power play not sure how that would work but you're gonna you're gonna really have things revolve around them being or them taking up a lot of minutes right um so that's what i'll have to say about the defensive structure i, I mean you can add your sense your your input on that but uh what would you think about um, the forwards conversely i will answer the forwards but i'll first will say i i think you split them up as well on the d um i think you're now you already kind of had a hard time splitting splitting time on ice between pairings is a little bit easier when Burns, who isn't as good defensively but extremely good offensively, has to be balanced with Vlasic, who's extremely good defensively and does have some offensive potential, right? Vlasic gets all the hard... Mm-hmm. Vlasic gets all the hard matchups and um, Burns... Burns basically gets the pickings of what he wants and tears apart the defense. Um... So I think that if you split Vlasic and Carlson and Burns all across three different pairings, balancing time on ice becomes hard. And I'm not sure that we have the ability Mm -hmm. to do that. So simply because of that, I think that two of those three will have to be on the same pairing. Um, And personally, I think Carlson... 
I think you'd want to split up the offensive dynamos so that there's always an offensive dynamo on the ice instead of just one time where it's extremely crazy. Yeah. We can do that on the power play. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you would put Vlasic mm-hmm. and Carlson together because previously, um, so Carlson's a right shot. Okay. And Burns is a, a right shot. And Peter DeBoer sticks right shots on the right side and left shots on the left side nearly constantly. And he does not stray from that. So the fact that they both play yeah. the right side and they're offensive, which means they're going to be getting pressured and they need to get shots and passes off quick, for them it's most important to play their natural side. So that makes me think they're going to be on different line, different pairings. Burns is the more defensively liable player. So I think you want to change the least for him. So maybe yeah. you give him Braun to help out. Maybe you do that. Does Bra- Wait, well, Does at Braun some point you have to compromise Vlasic, if you have if Vlasic and Braun and Dylan are all on the you know not Vlasic Braun Dylan, but Burns Vlasic and yeah. If we have right. four right shot defensemen and you can't take one of them off your roster because they're too good, you're going to have to compromise at some point. And if you're going to compromise, you're not going to compromise on Vlasic and you're not going to yeah. compromise on Burns and or Carlson. You're going to compromise on one of the lesser players whose responsibility is just keep it safe while they do mm-hmm. their stuff. So I think it's going to be Vlasic and Carlson getting the most minutes. Yeah. Or not getting the most minutes, getting the tough minutes. And then I think it's going to be Burns and either Braun or Ryan and personally, I think it's going to be Ryan because they have the chemistry there last season and they've been building towards that. And Burns seems like the most volatile who does not do well with change from what we've seen previously. So I think he needs to be with the okay. same partner and they had success. So why change it? And then I think by doing that, you would move okay. Braun from the first line pairing in terms of quality faced onto the third pairing. So now Braun and Dylan are an extremely effective pairing and they're like a second a second second pairing second defensive unit instead of the third defensive unit based on the skill so we spread the wealth and we basically improve our bottom line for defense and still can split the offensive dynamo time on ice yeah um so I think it probably will end up like that. But then again, what if Carlson just gels really well with Burns? Probably not Burns, but like with Braun. Then maybe Braun goes with whatever, and Vlasic is on his own line with Dylan, or you know, who, who knows. So that's definitely up in the air. But I I feel confident that they're both going to be on the same power play, and we're going to use a two two defenseman, three forward power play. The forwards is definitely yeah, the so biggest hole. What do you hole. think about the forwards um, then? I'll let you go first. Um, I'll probably have. I thought I was going to let you do it. Well, I mean, yeah, Thor- Thornton's an interesting question because I'm not sure at what point at what point mm-hmm. he's going to take a reduced role. Um, we obviously didn't land Tavares, so he is likely to play bigger minutes on the top line still. So I could still see him and Pavelski being together um, and playing with. You know, Meyer, um, Couture, mm-hmm. Couture and Hurdle yeah. were together last year, right? Am I right? And, um, yeah, Couture and Hurdle and maybe Donskoy to get him kick-started because mm-hmm. he needs that at the beginning of the season. 
really I'm bad with long line combinations to be honest. And then you know Tierney's gone, so um, oh, man, I'm forgetting our roster now. What other centers? Yeah, Suomela is a center. Suomela on that third line center position. Okay, Suomela and Latunov, Maxim, Latunov, who has been mentioned that like every single time Peter DeBoer or okay. Doug Wilson mentions their prospects. So I think he legit has a chance to make the roster. Do you, do you put, like, Melker Carlson on there? Barkley Goodrow, give him another chance, too, potentially. And then our fourth line, I mean, um, you had mentioned, um, what's, the, what's the one guy? Uh, Gambrill. University of Denver. Dylan Gambrill. Uh, played a couple, was it? Yeah. Dylan Gram- Gambrill, yeah, Gambrill. Um, man, we do. Well, have we just had a lot of people still. that or can fit. Am I just fit? forgetting key players? LeBanc, LeBanc's gonna go somewhere. Yeah. 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 You see, I mean, it falls apart a little bit for me after the second line. I mean, it could be a, a variety of different things, and I don't, I don't say that with a lot of fear because I'm curious to see where that that happens, yeah. and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, and I think there's some room for error because yeah. our defense will carry us so much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think yeah, that, those um, are my thoughts. I wouldn't say that we have hole. Like now, we technically have a hole because Tierney left, and so yes, we have to replace that. But I think yeah, Kane and Fair. Well, Kane's on the first too, line. Right? So oh, Kane! I forgot about Van but, Kane. Um, yeah. Well, I so I had. I actually had. Line, so. That's just, that's just an yeah, what I'm saying is an extra winger that I forgot about. I had two more player. thoughts about Carlson. Um, I think Carlson will be played paired with um, someone like a Vlasic because previously he was the top shutdown pairing on his old team and paired with Mathot before Mathot was traded. Um, so I think that's kind of the natural fit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if there's ever a reason to split Vlasic and Braun, like this is a good of a reason to do it. Right? We got Carlson, so let's do it. So... Um, as far as yeah. that, like I think on the bottom six, we had a lot of players who could fit into those roles, but I didn't necessarily think... You said I'm not fearful of it, and I, neither am I. I don't think we have holes outside of the fact that Tierney just left and we need to replace that. But I think all the question marks were there. It was just how are they going to play out and land on the roster itself to me. So it's not like I don't think anyone has the capability mm. to be the third line left winger or the third line center or the fourth line center. It was just there's a couple people and I don't know who it is. So personally, I think Timo Meyer playing minutes on the third line is not what he needs. Obviously, I'm super biased. I think he should be on the second line. I think he should play with Couture. And I think now we have a really good opportunity to move Tomas Hurdle to third line center and try that one more time. If Hurdle's going to get it, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much DeBoer is going to be willing to do that based on what things have I mean, it's not like he was terrible, past, but we'll see. right? Yeah, so I think my ideal no, thing no, no, would no. be Tomas Hurdle would take the leap forward. He needs to be on the third line center. Command the third line like he has the ability to do on the second yeah. line against top competition. Do it on the third line and destroy. Give Ma- Meyer second line minutes and um, have him get the time on ice he needs with the teammates he needs to help him be elite. Like, I think a goal for him this season is 25-plus goals. I think he can do it. He did 20 last year, spending most of his time on the third and fourth line. 
until like almost a third of the way until the season was over. And then he started to get some first line minutes and he flourished because he was mm-hmm. doing really well. I think on second line he could do well. I think you move. Um, my ideal thing would be Hurdle, Couture, Meyer on the second line. But I think that's too many power forwards because DeBoer likes to put a center and a power forward together. He kind of had that across all three lines previously. So I think it's going to be Kane, Thornton, Pavelski, first line. Yeah. I hope it would be Meyer, Couture, and then a winger there. Maybe LeBanc. Le, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meyer, Couture, LeBanc, Insert or Meyer, Couture, player. and Don Skoy, or someone like that. And then the third line, I think you have Suomo there okay, yeah. and Don Skoy. And then LeBanc. I think Meyer should be above LeBanc in terms of the amount of time on ice he gets, so that means he's on the second line. What? You already put him on the second line, though, didn't you? You already put LeBanc on the second yeah. line. Yeah. I mean, I feel with better. you, right? Like, there's just a lot of open holes. I think Suomela has a shot for the third-line center. I think Gamrel has a shot for the fourth-line center. I think Maxim Latunov has been doing really well in this prospect camp that we had. And then I think he's getting a chance to go to the main camp. Uh, we just have so many players who can fit in the bottom six. I'm not really worried of who it's going to be. And if we bring in like a depth veteran defense or center, like I don't care. I think we can do it. But I think one option is for Le- yeah. Peter DeBoer to try a hurdle on the third line center, and then you get an upgrade over Tierney. And we have a lot of wingers, and we can put a winger up on the second line with Couture. That's interesting, yeah. Well, I mean, with that being said, of Hurdle potentially finally mm-hmm. achieving that third-line yeah. center role or being placed there, this trade could potentially be a big uh, yeah, dynamic totally. changer in our forward court, too. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. But, I mean, I think we've covered the topic pretty well so far, and we could definitely hit on it more as the season gets started and we anticipate what's going to be ahead Dude. with, with oh this gosh. new team. <laughs> Right? Uh, new, not so new, but new and mm-hmm. a wave of the future starting with this trade. Uh, definitely the go Sharks. Sharks very emphatically. And I'm very excited for the season now. We got that difference maker. We didn't get Tavares, and that was sad. And I'm very happy that we have Eric Carlson. And, and like you had mentioned earlier, what we gave up was, mm-hmm. you know, surprisingly good uh, thinking about it. So. I've had a lot of fun talking about this, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting our podcast going again in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll sign off now. Uh, thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter at, uh, at dmigs22. That's my, that's my Twitter Ian handle. Ian said so. Ian is... Uh, that's a fun one. At Ian said so, yeah. Uh, and then we're, our back to the point yep. Twitter is mm-hmm. at underscore back to the point. Is that correct? Yeah. At underscore back to the point. Um, we thank you for listening. Ian, do you want to, sorry, I'm sounding all scratchy now probably. Do you want Two to things. say anything else? Really excited go? that Peter DeBoer talked about his difference maker and he hyped it up so much. I'm glad he didn't like lower his bar, lower his standards and end up being like, Jeff Skinner's our difference yeah. maker. We're like, uh, uh. Like, we got Eric Carlson. That's, like, the biggest difference maker he could have acquired. Like, arguably just as good as Tavares, just different position. So I think that's crazy. Um, And then Eric Carlson is a shark. 
Dude. <laughs> Need I, remind I am you that so Eric excited Carlson to see him in teal. I yeah. cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully gray. With I wonder gray if he's going to go like E. Carlson nice. 65 on his jersey. Because there's already Carlson 68. And 68 and 65 are close enough. And from far away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's he's got true. some That's sweet true, flow. He's got sick flow. And so. also... The last thing I'll say, he seems like a genuinely like lovable guy. Like I was watching a lot of interviews today, and he just seemed like super nice yeah. and going through his yeah. Instagram. But you're yeah. also gushing over him because totally. he's now our. Uh, we wish our, him on our team and his sick flow. Anyway, good luck in San Jose. We are excited, and uh, this has been a fun podcast. Yeah, this has been a fun fun yeah. podcast. Go we will catch you guys Sharks! Next time. Go Sharks!